Yeah, so uh, it's a change in the seasons. Obviously, we in September, the kids are graduating, kids are back at school, uh, new routines uh, start out. And uh, so I just want to uh, thank uh, all of you that have participated in our church life. And we're going to have a big uh, barbecue, as Bernadette said, next week. Uh, we, you know, Steve Snow is our expert uh, mass uh, producing, production grill master barbecue. He said we're going to have half chickens on the grill. Uh, and uh, that means you need to bring your favorite dessert, hors d'oeuvre, uh, salad. And uh, if the weather cooperates, we'll put some tables out here between the church and the we call it the barn, the metal structure next door, and we'll do a big cookout there after church next week, uh, and hopefully that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you're a, a visitor, a newcomer, you've been here, this might be your first time, uh, or your second time, or your third time, uh, we just ask if you would uh, be so kind as to fill out the, uh, the card, the welcome card, the connection card. Uh, it helps us serve you better because if you've got kids, we, we absolutely need it because we need to know what allergies or how we can best uh, take care of your kids. But uh, as an adult, it helps us to connect with you if you would like us to connect with you. Uh, and at the end of the service, we have uh, Stephen and Sarah uh, in the lobby, and they would uh, gladly uh, receive your card or give you a pen if you're looking for one or uh, talk to you with any questions or information you might have. Uh, but, you know, be this your first time. We still believe God has a plan for you and that this uh, uh, experience today will be special. So with that, let me uh, transition into a new series. Uh, I've titled this series uh, Radical Love and Radical uh, Results. We're going to just look at, uh, you know, the life of Christ and the impact that Christ has in our lives and how we can connect between what God is saying and perceiving to be radical love from his perspective uh, and what from God's perspective he's done to reach out to humanity and what that looks like intellectually as well as personally. Uh, one of the things I do believe as, uh, as a Christian is you need to keep your brain in your head and not check it out. In other words, there's plenty of facts uh, supporting Christianity. And today we might uh, just be looking at a few of those and, and uh, being able to like think about uh, our, our faith walk a little bit more. Uh, but having said that, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about fake news and real news. And I think the good news gets lost in the shuffle. And uh, so what some people think is good news is really fake news. And uh, so I've got a little test that I want to do. I, I picked this up from a fellow a friend, pastor, uh, Rich Nathan. He did this test. So I thought, oh, this, this sounds great. I, Generally speaking, my style of, of preaching is generally I don't like to like ask for interaction in the audience. You know, I'm, intro, I, I'm, I'm introverted by, by personality. So when I'm sitting in the audience, uh, I always cringe if somebody's like, okay, so what verse is this or what's your thought on this? And I just like, just preach, will you? I, I, but in this particular case, <laughs> on this particular case, I'm breaking all the rules, uh, and I'm going to actually ask for your participation if you want to. And all you have to do is say true 
or fake? Okay, so uh, like, is this is this true news or is this fake news? And uh, if, if you're bold enough, so I, I just want to start this off with a real uh, lowball uh, question to get us going. And I'm going to read a statement, and you're just going to say true or fake. Man hospitalized after being attacked by a squirrel. You got it. It, it was true. Okay, yeah. so uh, San Francisco, a guy gets attacked by squirrel. True. Target store is no longer selling Bibles. True, false. That's fake news. Okay, so uh, we had a split decision there. Fake news. They, they are still selling Bibles. How about this one? Nancy Reagan's dying words, don't vote for Trump. True or false? Wow, there you go. Okay, fake news, fake news. All right. How about this one? A passenger allowed onto flight after security confiscated his bomb. Passenger allowed on the flight after security confiscated his bomb. That was true <laughs> recently <laughs> in Edmonton, Edmonton, Canada. And get this, not only did the security like find the bomb, afterwards they tried to give it back to him. It was the most bizarre thing. The, the, the security guards got suspended, thankfully. Okay, okay, last, last, last question. Black Lives Matter thug protests uh, President Trump by taking a selfie and he accidentally shoots himself. <laughs> that is actually false. <laughs> All right, so good. Okay, there we go. Uh, but I do want to talk about uh, fake news, uh, good news, uh, of, and how it's perceived. I mean, you know, for many friends and family, and as our kids go back to school, I mean, they just perceive uh, Christianity and religion as being fake or being old or being out of fashion or being irrelevant or being out of touch with today's lives. And, uh, you know, from my perspective and from many of your perspective, it's like the best news ever. It's really good news. It's life-giving news. You know, Christ, uh, when we can connect with what God is doing in the universe and particularly in our own lives, it's unbelievably awesome and awe-inspiring. And so how do we uh, access this good news? Uh, you know, what is the good news and how do we uh, experience God's love personally, as well as intellectually, like grapple with some of the big complicated issues and, and even, you know, not even that complicated, just the reality of the historical facts, uh, you know, not denying the, the historical facts. There are so many very, very encouraging historical facts which just support uh, the gospel. You know, the historical Jesus. I mean, just a, a few years ago in the 80s, uh, 90s, there was like a whole big movement about the historical Jesus. And, and the whole big idea there was, was there such a person? And, and was Jesus really historical? And, and it, the, you know, the proof and the evidence is just like, ridiculously, you know, overwhelming. I mean, it's just like, yes, Jesus did physically exist. Yes, he's recognized as somebody that existed, you know, by the Jewish community, by the Muslim community, by the Christian community, by the historical community, that people that don't even have faith, you know, by agnostics, uh, atheists, all believe uh, without any real, you know, uh, component of people that would refute the evidence that Jesus physically existed as a human being. 
Obviously, the disputed area was whether he was also God, which the Jews do not believe and which the Muslims do not believe. But whether Jesus existed is almost like, you know, it's just not uh, dis disputed. So let me uh, uh, open up in, in prayer. Uh, what I'd like us to get out of my message today is the sense of God being personal, that his love for us is really radical and uh, that he really knows us and it's really good news. Uh, and when we experience God's radical love for us, it produces radical results because it transforms us. We the, the agents of the, the radical results. Uh, Jesus, I just uh, welcome your presence. You said uh, you needed to depart this physical earth so that we could have the Holy Spirit be with us. And I just pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to be present here today. Lord, I just pray that for every person present, that we could experience you intellectually and experience you relationally, that we would have an understanding of who you are and what it is that you're doing in the world and in our lives. I just lift up this morning to you. Uh, in your name, uh, Jesus. Amen. Lee, uh, let me look at some of the sort of the facts uh, from God's perspective. You know, how God has said, look, let me show you from my standpoint how I'm trying to communicate, A, that I exist, and A, that I'm real. Uh, we have a long list in the Old Testament of God's uh, demonstration of that to us, starting with Adam and Eve. God saying, listen, I created humans, and I created them to have relationship uh, with me. And uh, these, you know, um, historical people uh, going on, say, from Adam and Eve uh, to Abraham, uh, or Moses. Uh, you know, Moses is understood and recognized by Muslims, by Jews, obviously, and by Christians as being somebody that uh, existed. And uh, Muslims fully believe that uh, Moses led the Jewish people out of Israel and God performed all these incredible miracles through Moses. Uh, you know, so it's not just Christians. It's also people that uh, have a different view of, say, God. But uh, starting with the opening, uh, you know, the big thoughts or the big historical uh, movements, Muslims believe in, in, in the prophets, uh, you know, Jonah, and uh, obviously the Jewish people believe that. So, you know, starting before uh, Jesus even was born, there's this whole traction of the Old Testament, which uh, historically, these are real people that lived in a real geography uh, and made a real difference and demonstrated God's real love for humanity through the way these people experience God is how we experience God. Uh, God's love for individuals, God's plan for nations, uh, God's invitation for those people and the plan now for us is to join him in what God is doing. And we get tremendous uh, understanding of who God is by looking at some of these Old Testament stories and uh, how God interacted with, uh, with them and how they understood or heard God or could sense that God was real uh, when they didn't have a 
Jesus to look at. Uh, you know, it was God it, uh, totally in a spiritual form, and yet there was no ambiguity or uh, misunderstanding that God was in control and God was leading and God was loving and God had a certain way of, of, of asking people to live. And of course, God's ultimate uh, good news for us was, let me show you what I'm like in human form so that you can more accurately comprehend who I am. And so we have uh, Jesus uh, being not only fully God, but fully human. Now, of course, that's the dividing part between all uh, religions, is, is God in the form of Jesus fully God? Other religions will totally acknowledge that Jesus was human, that he was an unbelievable teacher, that he was an incredible prophet, and that he physically healed people like only God could. But, you know, in their thinking, it's like, okay, I know he healed people. I know he raised dead people from, you know, the, the grave. How he did it, I, I don't know, it's a mystery or, you know, there's some science which hasn't yet been discovered or, you know, there's some way of dismissing Jesus' miracles. But people acknowledged that, you know, Jesus was doing miracles or people saw his miracles or uh, he, he was a witness to, people were witness to these miracles. So let me just uh, read from uh, God's perspective, from Jesus' perspective, John chapter 1. What does Jesus say about himself? Because this is very different. You know, you're not finding a, um, a spokesperson for Judaism saying, okay, this is who I am uh, firsthand saying about myself as God. Or you're not saying, Muhammad saying, okay, I am God and this is what I'm saying about myself. You know, for if you're Muslim, you're saying, okay, Muhammad is a prophet and he's pointing to God. But we as Christians are saying, Jesus is saying, I, I am God. And this is what I'm saying about myself. I mean, it's just like a radical claim. And so we wrestle intellectually with that and say, okay, this is a wonderfully challenging, but oh my gosh, so rewarding. Because if we can connect the dots and see, okay, all these historical fi figures in the Old Testament, they connected with God and they experienced God this way and they related to God this way. And now Jesus totally consistent with that and adding to that, expanding our understanding of God is saying things to us in really short measure in the opening section of the Gospel of John. It says this, uh, uh, John chapter 1, verse 10, and if you're following along on the screen or if you've got a, uh, your, your cell phone, you know, if you haven't downloaded the app, uh, the, one of the Bible apps, so, you know, I would really encourage you to download the Bible app. You can follow along. Uh, it says this in verse 10, He, that's Jesus, came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. Okay, there's a statement right there. He came into the world, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word, capital W, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jumping to verse 16. 
from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. I mean, there is just so much that is uh, in that little section from the Gospel of John of who Jesus is saying he is to us. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is much more than being a good teacher, being a good prophet, being a good person. I mean, it's all that and more, saying, I created the world. I am the author of life. I am the one that was with the Father in the beginning. It's a whole new uh, dynamic. And then it's not only a disconnected God, it's unfailing love. You know, there's something here as we just slow down and we meditate on this and we ask God to reveal himself to us on this, that is just so rewarding. When we connect with the God that loves us, that's really for us and has made a plan for us, and we can walk with him. It is really, really a, a loving God that we serve. He created the world. He created the world. Uh, and he gave us right to become his children. I mean, it's just how do you intellectually get your head around that? Okay, the person that created the world, spoke it into being, wants us to have relationship with him. And in, and in you know, grammar is saying it's like a... a a relationship with a parent and a child. He loves us. He cares for us. He can see more than we can, just like with our children. It gives us such a helpful analogy of how we could relate to God and how God is sort of ahead of us that when we kids, you know, we wouldn't necessarily uh, figure out what, how God is ahead of us. But his, unfaith, you know, his unfailing and faithful love uh, tells us twice. He's just incredibly faithful and unfailing in his love. So we've got, you know, both sides. We've got a, uh, a, an intellectual side that we've got to wrestle with, and we've got a, a, you know, emotional side which we've got to wrestle with. You know, when I was in public accounting, one of my best and very few wonderful experiences in public accounting, I was a horrible public accountant, uh, uh, but I w went, was sent out to Flagstaff, Arizona, to do an audit. Uh, down there of the uh, observatory. And um, the team of us that went down there, uh, it, we just had a wonderful time, you know, looking at through these telescopes, which people like universities book a year in advance to get to. And, uh, and I saw A5. I mean, just mind-boggling experience, A5. No, it meant like absolutely nothing to me. I'm looking at A5, okay, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not an astrologist. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, that's a star. And they're like, oh, this is really a special star. It's very, very far away, and nobody's ever seen this, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, a star is a star. But here was the thing which was so amazing to me. We had this, the guy who was the head of this, the top scientist, you know, the guy that's like the guru there. Uh, he's an Austrian guy, and he's super scientific, super intellectual. All the other scientists are looking up to him. And, of course, you know, here a bunch of accountants are there, and the inevitable uh, question comes up. We're in a group meeting while he's giving us a tour of the telescope, and, and some, somebody says, so what do you think? Do you think God exists? Do you think God's real? And the guy's like, eh, no, I, I don't think so. And so, you know, people say, well, what do you think? Like, how did the earth begin? Well, no, Big Bang Theory. And do you think God could have done Big Bang? And, and I thought, this is really interesting. 
so uh, that was the end of the discussion for the whole like accounting crew that was there. They're like, okay, he's the expert, he's the scientist. What he said obviously goes, and uh, if he believes that, that's what we believe. You know, we don't believe that foolish religious stuff. And I thought, this is how people make decisions about scientific things. They just like ask somebody, and if that person says something, then they just believe him. Tell me, what the heck is he going to know about God? I mean, he's a scientist, for crying out loud. Just because he's looking at some star and whatever, fine. I mean, that's great. But the take-home point for me was how gullible people are just because an expert says it, now everybody else believes it. I mean, but, and you see this again and again in culture. I mean, you know, you have if, when Tiger Woods was like the hero in golf, if he said something about finances, everybody like, oh, Tiger Woods says it. What does he know about finance? Nothing but Tiger Woods said it. And, you know, you always got like, whatever, some movie star telling you what they should do about romance or, or marriage. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, this hero does it. And it's like, really? You're a movie star. I mean, your life is terrible, really? That, that's what you want to do? Yeah. So, uh, you know, how about taking advice from real people. And we, there's so many incredible scientists that are believers and have been believers, starting with uh, you know, Francis Collins. I, I've mentioned this before. He's, he's, he's still currently the head of the, he's the director of the National Institute of Health, HNIH. And he's doing the study of DNA and the genome uh, study. Just one of the most brilliant scientists of our day uh, you know, in American government. Uh, just phenomenal. An incredible leap believer, and a, a big-time proponent of saying, look, our DNA structure, it's just revealing God. There's just no ways that this structure could be accidental. There's just no ways that this is not uh, designed by a creator. And so he has a brilliant academic mind uh, saying this all just points to God. And, you know, it doesn't just start there. Just look at historically. We've got Albert Einstein. Didn't claim to be a Christian, but totally claimed to believe in God. He said there had to be somebody. What about uh, scientists like Max Planck or uh, William Calvin or Grigor Mendel, Michael Faraday, Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton, Blaise Pascal, Descartes, Galileo, Kepler, uh, Sir Francis Bacon, Copernicus. I mean, you know, how many unbelievable scientists have been adamant followers of Jesus? I mean, they, okay, I mean, it's, this is not an intellectual uh, debate. I mean, there's plenty of people that are smarter, better than I am. I, you've got to experience God in both capacities, intellectually and personally. We've got to connect. We've got to relate. We've got to uh, think, who is God? And God uh, has told us again and again, Look, we can uh, look at the book. Uh, we can experience him. And it's always going to be a bit of a mystery. And yet, God is a mysterious God. Just because it's a mystery doesn't mean to say that God isn't uh, accessible. Uh, doesn't mean that we can't experience his love. Doesn't mean that he doesn't move in our lives. Uh, one of the most wonderful things we can do is keep a diary, an account of all the things that God has done in our lives as we go through life. Uh, again and again, we'll see how God intersects our own personal lives if we'll take the time uh, to acknowledge it. Again, uh, in historical fashion, uh, when God first revealed himself to Moses, uh, you know, Moses' question was a valid one. Well, who do you say that you are? And God says, I am who I am. And Moses is like, well, that's kind of a weird answer. You know, like, can you tell me your name? 
And God is, well, no, that is my name. I am who I am. And, and it's just a wonderful answer because it's mysterious. And it's not only is it mysterious like for mysterious sake, it's mysterious like because God is so great. Like how do you explain it? But on the same time, how is it accessible? And it's both because Moses comprehended that that phraseology meant God is past tense, present tense, and future tense. And it's like, okay, this is accurate enough to, for me to, for Moses to comprehend that this is God, but it's mis- mysterious enough to understand that I don't know everything about God. Uh, and when Jesus uh, reveals himself, he picks up on this. And so if we look through the book of uh, John, Jesus makes all these statements about himself being the I am. It's just the most wonderful intellectual uh, study because what Jesus is saying is that I am God. I am the Father. I am one with God. Everything that God said to Moses, I am the I am. Let me read them to you. In Act, in uh, John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is saying, you need substance to exist. Jesus is saying, I am your substance. And then we look at chapter 7. Jesus says, I promise you living water. It's like we don't just need substance. We need life. We need to be inspired. We need to like, Jesus, I am that. In chapter 8, he says, I am who I am. He says, if the Son sets you free, you will be truly free. In chapter 9, he says, I am the light of the world. I will direct you. I will guide you. You won't walk in darkness. In chapter 10, he says, I am the gate. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. He says, I am the gate. Nobody will come through unless they come through me. He also says in chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I'm not just the, the way. I am the good shepherd. I am going to love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to give you good pastures. I'm going to be with you. I won't abandon you. In, in chapter 11, says, I am the resurrection and the life. In chapter 13, when people questioned him, are you God? He said, I am the Messiah. In chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in chapter 18, when he's being arrested by the guards after Judas has betrayed him, and the guards come along, you know, with swords and shields, and, and they say, who's Jesus? He says, I am. I am he. The response was so overwhelmingly dramatic that the guards just like collapsed. They fell to the ground. Jesus didn't do, hadn't said anything. He just said, this is who I am. This is my name. His name is so powerful that non-believing guards coming to arrest him fell to the ground. There's just something unbelievable about the power of God, the love of God, the care that God has for us. God is in control of this world, and He loves you, and He has a plan for you. We need to see the plan that God has for our lives. We need to understand that what God is doing in this universe, and we need to like get in line with what God is doing and see Him for who He is. Jesus, we just thank You that You are the great I Am and that you love us, and this is truly good news. And Lord, we just reject those that think this is fake news. Lord, this is good news, that you know us personally. Lord, we just thank you for your gospel. We thank you for what you have told us and revealed to us. And we thank you, Jesus, in some very mysterious way. You died on the cross, which gave us access 
to you and the Father and the ability to receive your Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we just acknowledge that we are not perfect, we are inadequate, and yet you're reaching out to us with radical love. And I just pray, Lord, any sitting here today that don't know you, Lord, that you would respond as Jesus is asking you to believe, to believe in Jesus. And Lord, I just ask all of us that do believe that today at the beginning of this month, this new season, this start of the school year, that we again will rededicate our lives and say, Lord, we do believe. Fill us up, Lord. Let us start again. Heal us, forgive us, strengthen us, guide us, lead us, make us whole. Give us eyes to see you. Lord, we reconnect, we recommit. We ask, Lord, to experience you and experience your love and experience your truth. And Lord, as you radically change us, that we can walk out being different people with radically changed lives because you change us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for how awesome you are. In your name, Jesus. Amen.